One would think it's easy to maintain a healthy mindset when it's all going well, but you would be surprised. Sometimes that's the time when business owners feel the smallest. Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today I want to follow up a conversation with all of you that I started yesterday. Yesterday I talked to you about maintaining a healthy mindset when your business is struggling, when the revenue isn't coming in, you're in a downtime, or you're experiencing a drought and you know a drought in terms of revenue. And sales and income. It's easy to assume that when the money starts coming in, when you start getting those sales in, when you launch successfully, that all of those doubts and feelings just magically disappear, that you suddenly start feeling confident, that you know you're capable, you're seeing your business create these radical transformations for people, you feel on top of the world, and you're just freaking nailing it. Um, that's what everyone else perceives and imagines your feeling. But for so many business owners, they know differently. They know that it's the idea of pressure that comes with perhaps not meeting expectations, the fear of having it all go away at any point in time, feeling inadequate in managing an increase in demand, finding the holes in the systems that end up inevitably revealing themselves when you're managing a lot of people all at the same time. It can be really hard to take time to pay attention to how you're thinking about it, what you're feeling about it. But if you don't attend to your mindset during the flood, it is going to affect the way you do business. It will impact your behavior and it will impact the story you're telling about yourself going forward in the future. It's really important. You know, people ask me all the time, why do you record a podcast every day? Like, how do you come up with content ideas? And how do you make the commitment? And you know, do you really think people listen to you five days a week? No, I don't really think people listen to me five days a week. And no, I don't think people listen to every single episode. I'm hopeful that like the specificity with which I try to, you know, master the podcast titles, people know what they need to listen to. And they listen to those episodes because the end of the day, my belief, the reason why I am so passionate about running a five day a week podcast is because I think mindset when done right is a daily practice. I'm not going to ask people to do it seven days a week because we all shouldn't be on the personal development express train, always working on doing things perfectly. Sometimes we have to take time for implementation. We have to take a rest and give ourselves a break. And so I think that's important too. But so much of why I do what I do every day for you guys is because I do think you have to stay on top of things emotionally and mentally in the downtime, as well as in the uptown uptime. No matter what's going on in your business, no matter what you're managing, dealing with, confronting, you want to make sure you're right in the mind because if you're not, it's going to influence your decisions, it's going to influence your behavior, and it's going to influence the way you move through your business. And we want you making confident decisions as the boss of your business. We want you feeling like you can look people in the eye and you can stand with your head tall. And if you're not paying attention to what it feels like to be successful, it's going to catch you off guard. 
So the first thing that I always say to people is don't just acknowledge the wins. It is, you know, people love to do this on Wednesdays, right? Wednesday, Wednesday. I can't, I'm so sick of that. It makes me nauseous and bring throw up to my mouth. But like people do these cheesy things all the time. I don't really care if your business has made $1,000 in a day, $1,000 in an hour, $1,000 in a minute. That isn't the actual accomplishment. People like to glorify the revenue. But when the shit hits the fan and you're struggling with doubt and limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome, the money doesn't matter. What you actually need specific, visible, measurable proof of is your capability. The things that you've done well, the strategies you implemented, the number of times you asked for help and got it, the number of times help was offered to you and you accepted it, the number of times you got up an hour early just to make sure got done right. The days you went to bed early just to make sure you set the next day up for success. The ways you regulated and trained and monitored your team. The way you held accountability with yourself and other people. The way you set your business up for success. The way you took and made all of these decisions with ease. Those are the things that on a Wednesday, I want you to be able to acknowledge for yourself. I want you to be able to list because that's the part when the business starts coming in and the money starts coming in, people skip that. They stop paying attention to all the things they did, all of the ways that they contributed to their own success. And it quickly becomes this story that they just got lucky. That like, oh, like just, you know, hit the right offer at the right time with the right person in the right moment. And it's like, well, what the hell, people? That's actually a win that you figured out the right offer to the right people at the right time. Like that's what we're going for. And you want to be able to acknowledge the wins. You want to be able to acknowledge the ways you communicated effectively, the ways you found balance in your life, the way you set your business up for the success, the way you came to this place of self-acceptance, of really knowing who you are so you knew what it took to move through your business the most optimally. Like Those are the things you want to start to collect. And then you want to get curious and you want to look at this and say, like, what are my thoughts and feelings about this? The first time I got successful online and I had a huge hit of visibility, I had landed like a really big get. I had landed the Smart People podcast. And at the time it was, I think it was like, it was definitely in the top 20 of podcasts. It might've even been the top 10. I had pitched myself, you know, these people didn't know me from Adam. I had just arrived on the online scene, but I pitched myself and I pitched a conversation and it resonated with the host. I landed the interview and suddenly like I had emails coming out of Wazoo and I had all of these people responding to me and asking me questions and wanting my two cents. And it largely caught me off guard because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. I was still kind of new to podcasting. I was still kind of new to, um, you know, uh, using social media, I think, to make a connection. You know, you have to remember, I come from my little small town with my little brick and mortar private therapy practice. And when I got that first hit of success, I felt gross. 
I felt like I had sort of, um, I think I felt like I had cashed out in a way. I had sort of like gone to the real dark side. Um, I didn't feel great about that initial hit of success. I didn't feel great that people knew my name because as a therapist, my training was to not seek that kind of attention, to not look for that kind of glorification. And it didn't resonate with me who I was. So I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that I had found a successful way of building my business, I was only paying attention to the fact that it kind of made me feel cheap and like a sellout. I had to pay attention to that because I would have blown the opportunity if people, you know, in response to that interview I did and wanted follow-up questions, if I had just been like, oh no, it's really no big deal. Oh really? Like, you know, like, I'm glad you like the interview. Thanks so much. Have a good day. And brush them off. I would have missed out on my good first handful of clients. A lot of my first clients came from landing that interview. So we have to check our stories at the door to say, you know what? I went outside my comfort zone doing that interview. I pitched myself to people I had only just been introduced to because quite frankly, I hadn't heard a podcast until I had tried starting a business online myself and learn that that's a way that people gain visibility. Um, I had to give myself credit for putting myself out there for really, you know, sort of unapologetically owning the space and my expertise and the fact that I had something of value to say that connected with the audience. I had to own that in order to be able to use it and capitalize on it for my business. And when I say capitalize it for my business, I'm not talking about selling myself out. I'm talking about using the advantages that came from it to start genuine conversations with people around how I could help them. But if I had just ignored the and not been curious about why I was reacting in such a weird way, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have known that I was afraid the therapy police were still looking for me. <laughs> that they were gonna be like, oh you're not a real this, you're not a real that, you're you call yourself this, you call yourself that because as a therapist that was just so against the rules rather than really knowing and owning unapologetically that I had like I had moved into the consultation and coaching space. And that as a result of choosing to move into that space, I got to share my story. I got to share my expertise. I got to let it be a little bit about me. Because as a therapist, like I just was never allowed to do that. You know, my husband was in a wheelchair. I was in that chair seeing clients 25 to 30 hours a week for 10 years. And only five people ever knew that my husband had a had a spinal cord injury. I didn't tell anybody. So I had kept myself sort of you know, um, I had kept myself a little invisible in my own therapy office, learning how to be visible, to use it as a story to help other people transform their lives. I had to pay attention to that. I had to look at it and own it and wrestle with it. And that is what you guys have to do as you experience success. And it's really hard to do when you feel like you don't have time. So the thing that you have to do is schedule it to say like, okay, like this is really good. I feel really great about this. But I want to take a second to take this all in. So, and I'm not saying you have to go away for three days and do kumbaya in the woods. Like, just schedule an hour. Schedule like a 30-minute coffee chat with yourself where you can go, wow, this happened. 
Let me own it. Let me take a moment to own my own successes, to thank people who helped me and set this whole process up for success and set me up for success with it. Like, what do I need to do? What are the lessons learned? Even if you don't have time to have the full conversation with yourself, put at least the outline questions that you want to go back to in a journal entry or during a time of reflection or in your next quiet moment. Because the next thing you kind of have to do is who are you now that you've experienced this success? How has this period of trying something, doing your absolute best and getting it to work changed you? How has it changed what your, your story of what you're capable of or what you think about business building and the strategies? Because one of the things that really started to shift for me once I started getting, you know, noticed for these podcast interviews and getting, inter, you know, clients from them, I really had to change and own the fact that not only did I want to fill my caseload, which was important, I really also too wanted to impact more people. If I hadn't wanted to impact more people, I could have stayed in small town Massachusetts. I didn't have to start having clients in the UK and Australia and Canada and all the other countries that I've helped over the years. So part of it is when you have had these runs of good luck, you want to be able to look at like, what's underneath that seemingly good luck. Because yes, sometimes we absolutely get lucky, but sometimes we get lucky because we put ourselves in a position that set us up to get lucky. So you want to look at that. What what did you learn? What are the lessons? Who needs to be acknowledged and thanked? And what is this plan of yours to, um, to take some downtime, to unwind, uh, relax, to take the edge off. Because the other thing that happens, I think sometimes when that initial success comes in is we do it like a sprint. We're so afraid it's going to go away. We're so afraid people are going to be like, oh, she's a fraud. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So we just go, go, go. And we slam our foot on the gas and we go full throttle forward rather than like, oh, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. I'm in a marathon here, not a race. I can't sprint this out because I need to save gas. I need to know when my next gas station is. I need to know how to get there. I need to plan for the big picture of my business. Because just like I was cautioning you yesterday about being reactive to droughts, you don't want to be reactive to floods either. You don't want, just because you had a good week, just because you had a singular good launch, you don't want to be changing the course of your business from that reactive state. You want to make sure that you're being curious about it. You're looking at the dynamics involved. You're setting up a strategy you're testing it, you're leaning on mentors who know more than you so that you're setting this next step, whatever you think you're going to do up for success. Because so often the other thing that can happen and we've all watched it happen to people, is when success finds us, our ego can be quick to follow. Um, and I know like I I have managed this myself um, more, I would say more so in corporate than um, in my online business because I, I had the experience of having an inflated ego in corporate and then being taken down a notch by my, um, my, my colleagues. But I was in this weird position in corporate where I kind of became this... Um, 
it's just this superstar in the agency really and i i can't i lost track now of the number of promotions i earned i think it was something like eight promotions in 10 years or something like that like i just had moved up the ladder so quickly um at one point i had earned two of those promotions in the same calendar year um and when things happen really fast you start to um get a big head and I really, I, that happened to me. I got really invincible. I got freaking cocky. Um, I think you probably can even hear it in episodes now when I talk about that work because I was really good at it that I got this inflated ego. Um, and I, I, I got crap, you know, I got crapped on for it. And I had colleagues who didn't trust me. And I, I really suffered some natural consequences of that ego. So the other part of this is when you get successful, you want to acknowledge it for yourself and you want to celebrate it with yourself so you stop proving yourself to everybody else because that's what the ego wants to do it wants to be like see i told you i could do it so see yeah i i'm booked i'm fully booked for the next month i have this group program done i think i'm going to launch a membership i'm going to scale by this and it's like this puffed up version of ourselves because internally we're so afraid it's all going to go away so externally we put on this bravado and we make ourselves bigger and we carry ourselves a little bit older rather than like kind of getting down with the people and being human and saying like yes I had this really good month but holy hell I didn't think I was going to get there and wow I'm so grateful and to take it in and to be intentional about it and to know how this has changed you to look at like what are your new beliefs and what are your new values what's important to you now where do you want this to take you because so often if we don't decide to be in the driver's seat of our life we stay reactive just like i was talking about reactive to drought we'll be reactive to flood and somebody will say hey i want you on my show you should do this hey i'd like you to come speak at this retreat you should do that hey why don't you come out you know fly halfway across the world and run a mastermind and what you really want to do when it all starts going well is to be able to take a moment where you stop and think and consider where do I want to go next? Where do I want this success to take me? What do I want to build and develop and grow? Because the first thing that happens when you get that first hit of success is people try to find you and then they leech on you and they tell you where to go and they tell you where you need to show up and they tell you how to be. And all that does, my friends, is set you up to fail by building a business based on someone else's wants and needs for you rather than the business you want for yourself. So you want to stay in control. You don't want to be reactive to success. And the only way you can do that is to take it in, own it, check your ego at the door and make sure you are being sort of clear and deliberate in where you want to go next and that you're not rushing from one thing to the next, that you're really giving yourself time to take this in, to own how you have contributed to your own success. If you only take one piece of advice away from this episode, that is what I want you to take away. To look at all of the steps you took to earn the success you're finding. Because as we talk about, when it turns down, when you have a downtime, the first thing you're going to do is doubt yourself. You're going to question your resiliency. You're going to forget that you know how to stand tall. And we want all of this specific, measurable, observable proof positive of what you're capable of and 
how you're able to show up for yourself, your life, and your business. And you can only do that if you get intentional about thinking and contemplating about your success. And a lot of people avoid that because they feel like it's braggy or snotty or, you know, um, vain. But I'm not telling you, you have to do this and make a post about it on social media and announce, I am spending three hours on Friday taking in all of the success. You can just put it in your calendar, not tell anybody but you and do the goddamn work, right? Like you show up for yourself and you you have that conversation and you get centered and focused and then you get ready for what's next and you stay in the driver's seat and you make the plan and you make the decisions. You own your success. You use it to fuel you. You use it to get oxygen, to remind yourself of your capability, to build your resiliency, to learn how to show up for yourself. And then my friends, you go and fly. And then you just take it and run, but it's deliberate and it's a plan and you have a map and you know where you're going to go. You're not just following someone else in their car. You're taking the lead. You're in your car and you're charting your path. These are tricky conversations to have business owner friends. And I know sometimes people don't like having them. I am so glad you are willing to have them with me. Um, thank you so much for your time and attention in these uh, conversations. If you were sitting in the struggle, if you were listening to these shows ad nauseum and you were still sitting in the same place in your own life and in your own business and you were stuck and cannot get out of your own way, I am inviting you to get on a sales call with me. I am inviting you to have a conversation with me about where you are stuck and how I might be able to help. If we're the right fit, we can proceed together. There's going to be a link to do that in my calendar right in the show notes. You don't have have to feel stuck. You can start to feel capable. It starts with conversations like this and continues with actions like that. Thank you so much for joining me these past couple of days. I so enjoy it. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.